Hi, welcome to She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields, the podcast for women leaders on a mission to change the world and build empires that have legacy, success, influence, and intergenerational wealth. We'll talk about how stigmas, stereotypes, grief, and other people's opinions can keep women's voices silenced and the impact these have on successful women and their emotions, their relationships, and their money. If you have felt silenced and need guidance, awakening, and amplifying your voice, visit KeishaShields.com to check out my best-selling Find Your Voice course. Please take a quick second to hit the subscribe button and let's get into this week's episode. On this episode of Conversations with Friends, I have my friend Elena Lipson. Elena and I talk about how we have weaved in and out of each other's circles and really didn't have a chance to connect directly. Um, So that was really awesome to be able to do. Um, On this episode, Elena talks about how there were times when she didn't realize that she was burning herself out. She talks about her experience with mom guilt and self-silencing, and she goes over what she calls in her work the false agreements. Um, And we talk about things like this idea of needing permission from others, which, you know, we talk about a lot here on She Will Not Be Silenced. Elena is the founder of the Divine Self-Care Circle membership and the top-rated Meditations and Musings podcast. As a retreat leader, speaker, writer, coach, and podcaster, Elena loves to work with busy women and inspire them to redefine the hustle in exchange for creating a life they love with the feminine metrics of success, pleasure, play, ease, grace, and trusting your own place. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Conversations with Friends with Elena Lipson. Hi, everyone. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. So today I have Elena Lipson. Elena, that's how you say your name, right, Elena? It is, yes. Elena, on our call today, and we were just talking about how Elena and I have known each other, of each other, like for years now. And we've like worked in circles, I've taken some things and like we just kind of have kept crossing paths. And like, this is the first time we're actually like interacting like one-to-one, which is really good. Um, although Elena, we did we did actually see each other at Chantel's, her one of her thing in Kelowna. I but knew it, see? Yeah, <laughs> but it was such a brief because there was just so much going on. Yeah. It was like such yeah. a brief connection. But just so you know, we actually did connect. Right I, I was like, I was going to say something like, I feel like we have met in person. Yeah. But sometimes you don't know and you meet so many people at all the events. Yeah. So I'm so glad yeah. you said that. Yeah. I couldn't quite place it. That's yeah. okay. And like, it literally just popped into my mind. I was like, oh, right. We were in Kelowna. So that was really exciting. So anyways, we are here with Elena Listen today, and I'm super excited. Elena, thank you for coming on and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I think, you know, you can tell it's going to be a good conversation when kind of wish we hit record before we hit record because uh-huh. we're already sort of in the flow of the energy. 
Um, and I'm so glad you said that we did meet because I was like, I swear, I, I, we've met somewhere, but between, you know, retreats and speaking and conferences, like, did I just make it up in my mind? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, did I really get to hug her and like say hi? Um, so I'm glad we did. And I was just loading a Kelowna video where I did get to speak years ago and loading it onto my whole media page. And I was remembering how many incredible women we do get to meet along the way. And through mm -hmm. this whole online world, it, you know, on the one hand, it can be very overwhelming and distracting. And on the other hand, which I love is that it's full of connection. I found my husband online. I found my house online. I found all my jobs online. I'm so grateful for this opportunity wow. to hear and connect and learn and grow all of it, you know, and, and I, I know a lot of people like get overwhelmed with the whole technology thing, but I think it can be used for good and it is being used for good. So thank you for, wow. for this connection. That's really awesome. So while you're already on a roll, which I love, <laughs> tell our listeners and our viewers, because this will be on YouTube, um, who is Elena? Well, the human version of me that's here, right? So um, I have a son who's 14, who's been one of my biggest growth opportunities in the world. Every every change, every transition is, a, is an opportunity for massive change and growth. So that was a huge one. I've been with my husband now for over 20 years. We've been married for 17, and that has been a huge growth opportunity. One of the places where I really had to learn how to speak up for myself, not because he didn't let me, but because I didn't let me. We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. um, I am a New York girl, Brooklyn girl at heart. It's where I grew up. <laughs> but then I moved to California for 10 years. That's where I met my husband, had my son, our son. And now we moved to uh, 14 years ago now. Oh my goodness. I'm like, how is it possible that I have all this time behind me? I feel like I'm right. still 24. Uh -huh. <laughs> but we live in Bellingham, Washington, which is like, you know, there's a forest in my backyard and a lake down the hill. It's not rural, but it's like kind of forest, mm -hmm. mountain land. <laughs> and I never thought I'd be here, but here I am. Over 20 years ago now, 22 years ago, I started as a corporate trainer, I've been in sales, I've been a corporate recruiter in the technical world. I was a network engineer back in Microsoft days. I fixed computers. Like I have a really interesting wow. like, sales technical training mm -hmm. background and I loved it. I loved training. I loved teaching software. I loved all of it. Along the path, the company hired a management coaching team, these two women who came in and coached our team. And I'm looking at them like, what are they doing? how come that looks amazing? Like they're probably getting paid a lot of money. And so it started my, my journey with coaching. And so I went down that rabbit hole with Coach University and Coachville and I got certified years ago. And I started building my coaching practice at the same time as I was working full time. So during that decade of doing all that is where my journey that I teach now actually started. This is over 20 years ago, which is working like so hard to build what you want to build without really understanding that I was burning myself out. Mm -hmm. So I have a little bit of that typical, like just ambitious journey, not really taking care of myself to the point where I needed to, but I think in your twenties, that's kind of the time to do it. And this is before mm -hmm. Facebook and social media and mm -hmm. leveraging your time with online courses. Like right. no, you woke up at 6am to go to the networking meeting, <laughs> you went to work, at lunch, you took a coaching call, you worked again. And after work, you took another client. Like it was like that, right? There was no leveraging your time. You were either working with clients and speaking out there 
or you were sleeping. Right? That's like how it was. Um, but now, so that's why I'm so, so grateful for technology now because I do make money when I sleep. I do have courses yeah. that help people when I'm not teaching them and, and things I put my heart into that are just out there in the world that people can see like this. Like when, when you're watching this, Keisha and I are probably doing something totally different, right? yes. <laughs> but you're here getting the value. That's what I love this. Um, yes. Yeah. So when my son was born, it really opened my eyes to this kind of rebel in me thinking, I don't want to ask someone for time off to be with my son. I don't want to have someone tell me when I could take my vacation or not. Like mm -hmm. as much as I love my work and I really did love working, I had a great team, I had a great boss, I loved the work, but it just was limited because you have to be there at a certain time and you, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, so I sort of escaped that world, but I create really created another sort of box for myself because I remember in the early days I started my first online business when my son was about six months old. So I had a little baby and one hand typing. I built an online store. This again, this is before Facebook, before Twitter, mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. um, Instagram. I was sending out like postcards, physical postcards right. to people. Um, so I'm like, how did I even start a business then? I wrote articles, I made phone calls, like things we just don't do very much anymore. We do ads, right? We do ads and writing and all the, all the other stuff, um, podcasting. So I, I built online, the online business from scratch and I really learned a lot in doing it pre-social media. When my son was about two, I had spent these two years building this online business, but I was still doing it in the same frame of corporate world. Mm -hmm. like you just work all the time when he was sleeping, yeah. I was working and blogging and writing and doing all the things. And I exhausted myself after like that decade of hustle, having a kid, moving to a new place with no family, starting an online business. Like we did all the stressful things in one sort of big swoop. Mm -hmm. And I was about 32 and my body was just falling apart. I was in pain. I was exhausted. I felt like I had the flu, which was starting already in my twenties every quarter or so. I was really sick. I had these really bad pains in my belly and like, I just didn't know why. I thought I had cancer. I just didn't even know, right? Mm -hmm. Like you get scared when your body's falling Certainly. apart. And I have this kid to raise and a relationship to maintain and all the other things. Finally, I went on my health journey. like, I need to figure this out. And after years of trying to figure it out, no regular doctor could. I finally landed in, in a naturopath's office who did this blood test for me and very quickly diagnosed me with, uh, autoimmune disease called um, Epstein-Barr, a very common autoimmune disease for women. It's brought on by high amounts of stress and adrenaline. And when you're under stress, your body basically starts to shut down and tells mm -hmm. you that you need to lay down. And if you don't, you're going to get put down because you're going to feel really, really sick. And that's what was happening to me. So through lots of examination, I did find precancerous cells in my body, like all this, these red flags that we're telling me like, you need to figure this out. So through that health journey and figuring it out, it was kind of like a series of little breakdowns, right? And finally I'm like, what is happening to me? I'm, I'm in my thirties, I feel like I'm dying. My life is fine. Mm -hmm. Like things look good on the outside, but I actually feel like I'm really sick. Yeah. I went back to like figuring out for the first time in my life, I actually sold my first online business. For the first time in my life since I was 12, I stopped making money. And which was a really big deal for me, like being independent with money was a huge mm -hmm. deal. But I went to my husband, I'm like, look, this actually hurts to say, but I think I need to take six months off and like just figure out what's happening to my body. 
So I, I spent like a thousand dollars on this yoga teacher. I didn't even want to teach yoga, but this woman who was teaching, it was all about self-care and like the inner work that I do now. That's kind of yeah. what it was. I didn't know what it was at the time. So I left my son once, you know, t- twice a month on a Saturday, every Wednesday night, which was enough. Like we could have a whole conversation about mom guilt, about doing things for yourself and leaving the house. Mm-hmm. But I did it like he needs a mother who's well, <laughs> like not a mom who's there and guilty and, and being present, but not really present. So through that journey, I started understanding where I had lost myself. I started understanding where I was still functioning under the lies and false, what I call false agreements of other people's, and I'm writing a book on this, and I teach a masterclass on this particular topic of other people's priorities, opinions, expectations, approval, permission, mm-hmm. um, standards, like I hope, I hope there's 12, 12 of these things that we, yeah. we function under these false agreements. And it's a lot to admit to yourself to say, did I even want what I was going after? You know, why was I working so hard? Was it the money? Was it like some, mm-hmm. some ideal that I was hitting? Was it some certification? Like, what was it? Why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's like a come to Jesus moment with yourself that a lot of women hit, I think in their thirties and forties and fifties and some later and some sooner. And a lot, I see a lot of younger women now starting earlier, right? With the inner work, which is mm-hmm. amazing, mm-hmm. but I do see it happening for a lot of women and it happened to me then and I thought of myself as really spiritual and outspoken I spoke up for myself but when I got really honest with myself I saw the little breadcrumbs along the way where even like my first boyfriend's like how come you like never have an opinion you just kind of always go with the flow and I'm like oh well I just go with the flow and it's fine and inside I'm thinking I don't want to go there right. but I, yeah. I couldn't say it yeah. I couldn't say it I don't know why I couldn't say it but I can see now that I was trying to be nice I was trying to be go with the flow I was trying to be understanding I was trying to be like the one who didn't cause problems you know I can see now where it came from in my family but it's still it's still very alive Society tells us that we, we can't really even trust our own instincts. We have to do it the right way. We have mm-hmm. to follow the, the well-worn path. We have to agree to this idea of success. Like I, I was telling my husband, which was so weird to say to him, I'm like, I never even questioned that I didn't have to like grow up, go to school, get a degree, get married, have a kid, buy a house and die. Like mm-hmm. I never even yeah. questioned yeah. that. And he's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, I love our life. I do. But if I don't say this out loud now, what am I going to do to rebel against myself later? Right? So we have to be able to say these things out loud. Uh, But it took me years to be able to say it. We went through this whole, uh, he got a book called Radical Honesty. And uh, we got radically honest. (laughs) It was crazy. I can go back to that. Um, But so anyway, through this journey of my own, I thought, okay, I see what's going on here. And it took time, you know, but... I saw saw this online world sort of happening at the same time and uh, people doing things online that I I was doing in person. I thought, wow, okay, if I can go back to what I really love, which is helping people, you know, I think all women who coach and teach at some point were like, they're the ones that their friends come to for advice. That was always me. Uh But on the dark side of that, which is I never learned how to ask for help. I never learned to ask. And this is making me emotional because I still struggle with this. Mm-hmm. It's, it takes effort for me <laughs> to reach out to someone and say, can you read this? I just wrote it. Can you give me feedback? 
I was saying before I was on the, on the call with a money coach, who's also a friend helping me get organized and budget and all this kind of adult stuff with money that we women really need to have conversations about. I was apologizing. I'm like, thank you so much for taking your time. Like I was just so <laughs> thankful that someone was giving me their time to help me. And inside, I'm just like almost wanting to run away, honestly, because uh -huh. she's giving me her time. And I give her my time just as easily, like so easily and so yeah. generously, yeah. but to receive it, I was like, that was, felt so good and so wonderful, but I almost felt like I wanted to deliver her lunch or something. You know, like we feel like we need to reciprocate. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I went back to starting my coaching business, I, I really looked at all the places that I had grown and I had had to learn and still have to learn. And that's really why I thought, okay, I want to talk about intuition and I want to talk about self-care and I want to talk about um, embodiment, like really being in your body, whatever it looks like, however it feels, not feeling like we have to hit the standard. And that's where I started coaching again. I started, you know, really was called like, I think my first course was kick-ass self-care strategies for mm -hmm. women entrepreneurs. And I, I focused on entrepreneurs because I thought it was logical, right? Like it made valuable sense. Yeah. So even critiquing myself for, you know, eight years ago, I still didn't understand that I was still functioning from a place of external validation. I thought if I just taught intuition, if I just taught self-care, it would not be enough. Like I have to talk about money and business and the, the strategy part, which I love. Mm -hmm. And I still have those thoughts. I have a membership that's in its sixth year and it's called Divine Self-Care Circle. For the first two to three years, I did business coaching within it too. And I thought, I just really want to focus on this. Like, and I still do business coaching one-on-one, -on -one, but I, I like more and more just own that I really want to focus on the core of this topic, the inner work of self-care, the inner work of speaking up for yourself, the inner work of claiming your desires, the inner work of how we are betraying ourselves as women all the time, all the time and not speaking up. So that is where I'm really passionate now. It's what I write about, what I talk about, it's that inner work of self-care. Yes, the physical stuff, of course, we deserve it. We're, we need to be nourished. We need to give from a place of being filled yeah. with pleasure, with joy, with sadness, with our darkness, with our rebellion, with all of it, right? Not just the pretty part on the outside. Mm -hmm. I have this yoga teacher now, this guy who's a Marine and he's a yoga teacher now. I love it because he's like, <laughs> he's awesome. like, and it's hot yoga. He's like, get ugly, Elena, leave it all on the mat. I don't care. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> like there's something about that permission to yeah. just be ugly. <laughs> I know, like something about it feels so good. Yeah. He doesn't mean physically ugly. He's mm -hmm. like, don't pose. Don't worry about how it looks. Just get in it. Like leave it on the mat. Sweat yeah. it out. And I'm like, thank you. This is so good. Um, Again, that permission from somebody else, right? It's hmm. constant. It's constant. Yep. I walk out of there proud of myself and also noticing where I was needing someone else to give me permission to just be fully me. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is a journey and I get in. I have so much compassion for, for people now. I used to teach from a place of like love yes but also like this is what you gotta do but now I'm like let's start where you are yeah like I'm so humble now because I've been 
humbled myself in how I recognize my own patterns, how I still have these loops of self-sabotage, how I still have these needs for validation externally. I just took the Enneagram. Do you know the Enneagram? Have you done the Enneagram mm -hmm. for yourself? Okay, mm -hmm. so I did it before and I was a two. I did it again <laughs> recently and I really did it from a different place. I was like, God, I'm just gonna do it. Like, I'm just gonna mm -hmm. really not be nice. <laughs> right, yeah. And I did it and I was a three with a two in, a, in the wing, they called it in the wing. And it was, I was like, oh my God. So I think this the, is the real me. So what's the three in comparison to the two? Right, so the two, and I'm not like an Enneagram expert yeah. by mm -hmm. any means, but mm -hmm. for me, the way I interpreted it was the two was like loving, heart, warm, like not really super concerned about money or success or ambition, just like really warm, loving place. And that's how people receive me. It really is like, oh, you're, she's so warm. She's so this, whatever. But the three has this, the driving need for the three is a need for external validation. And I'm like, oh my God, wow. I think that is me. But it felt so much more honest yeah. because if I can say it, like, I think I do things to be seen. Like when I post something, I have to think about it. Do I really care about this? Like, do I care? Like I just took Facebook and email off my phone. And my mom's like, where are you? Why aren't you on Facebook? And I'm like, I just needed a break from like the constant. I need, I want to check in with it intentionally, not just doing a scroll because I'm anxious or something. I still have it. I'm still on it. But something about having it in my hand all the time was a little weird. So yeah, it, it was interesting because I think if we all took a look in the mirror, like actually sat in the mirror, like the, the mirror of life, the mirror of our relationships, the actual mirror and said, where am I acting? Where am I pretending? Where am I still being the nice girl, the, the whatever mom, the whatever wife, the whatever sister? And how, like, what are the walls that I'm still holding up? You know, I think we can really get okay with all of it. You know, it's navigating by your own inner GPS starts to become the only thing that's possible once mm -hmm. you start getting into this. Being that first and last decision point in your life becomes empowering, scary, but empowering. And it's so funny because I think people really see that. Like recently last week, I put up a post of myself in like a, my workout pants and just a top and I'm heavier now than I want to be. And that's whatever. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I dance every day. I do yoga and all the mm -hmm. stuff, but I am, I just am, you know, I'm, I'm heavier now and that's okay. And I posted it and it got like three times the, the comments and likes. And I sat there and I'm like, interesting. <laughs> You know, I can post whatever posed, beautiful, mm -hmm. whatever version of me. And it's just like, oh, there's another person doing their thing. Right. But I think when you, and I didn't do it. I did it actually because I was so frustrated because I haven't weighed myself for a long time. And I sat there in a room alone, dancing to Zumba online, alone to a recording. And I had a shirt on and I'm like, why am I wearing this? inside the house why can't i just take this off and let it all hang out let it chill yeah, yeah. And, uh -huh. and i'm like oh my god i was actually like hiding from myself because we have this constant like uh -huh. sort of instagram filter going so i just took that picture in that moment as soon as i posted it i'm like i should just delete it <laughs> like right away i knew like i just need to put it down and go take a shower because if I stay, I'm going to delete it. Uh -huh. I got to go take a shower and just uh -huh. let it flow. And I came back and it was like, boom, 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 comments. Like, oh, 
I'm not alone. <laughs> like people get this, they really see it. And it wasn't over-engineered. And I do follow women who are showing all of it. And I love it. Ashley's really validating. But so much of us is hidden. I think for a couple of reasons. One, we're just, we've been living by other people's opinions, priorities, needs, yeah. expectations, and approval for so long <laughs> that we don't even know what we want, right? Like uh -huh. there's times where I sit down and I try to create a vision for my life. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I've just been writing the same thing for so long. Uh -huh. Like, do I really still want that thing? Does it matter? And like, okay, some things, yes, they do matter. I could feel it in my heart. I could feel it. And some things, I'm like, I think I just kind of wanted it because I wanted it. Right. Because I thought I wanted it because I thought it was, I was supposed to want it because that was the path. Like you start a business, you write a book, you speak on stage, you go track, like all the, the check, 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 check. Uh -huh. Right. But what if I did it my way? What would that look like? And right. I thought I was doing it my way. I really honestly did. And I still do to some extent think that we do know, but we get easily thrown off <laughs> by criticism, by envy and those are all good things like if we can see them if we can get like neutral to it and receive it okay you're criticizing me was i open to that like what about what i was doing made you think that i was open to your criticism without uh -huh. stopping you saying i'm not open to that uh -huh. like that takes courage like yeah. I'm, I'm really good at speaking my boundaries most of the time now but i, I sometimes forget that it's been a work in progress. Like I've been with people who have gotten even like the wrong coffee order and they're like, oh, I'm just gonna drink it. Like, but you didn't order it. Like you, you paid for what you got. It's like $4 no. coffee, why don't you just go ask them? Oh, I don't wanna waste it. I'm like, are you saying you're not worth a $4 coffee? Like they're gonna replace it for you, no problem. So, it, but that little mentality, right? Oh, I don't wanna cause trouble. I don't wanna, I don't wanna, like, <laughs> you know? And that's just like a little ripple. Mm -hmm. Imagine in your whole life, right? I rarely talk about this in public because it just really kind of doesn't come up, but I think it's really important to understand that we all do this on some level. So when we were living in California, I loved it. My family's there, my sister's there, my mom's in New York. And when our son was born, my husband's like, we should move to Washington. And I'm like, huh, why? <laughs> like it made sense financially because the California real estate market was crazy. Yeah. And we thought we had to buy a house, but buying a house back then in California, the top of the real estate market was insane. Huh? So it was logical because my, my ideal was that I wanted to be home with whatever child I had. This is before I realized I could work from home, like online kind of home. Right. Because yeah. before I thought working from home just meant remote working for my company, yeah. which I had right. done when I was pregnant. But I'm like, I still really can't even continue that because that's a lot. Um, so once the online thing became available, it was a whole different story. But long story short, we did move to Washington because it was logical, practical. I did not want to move to Washington. <laughs> I, it was like tearing me away from you know my family. Mm -hmm. And part of that journey over those two years where I was getting really unwell was because I had betrayed myself. I mean, I betrayed myself and I couldn't even admit it. Mm -hmm. And I could see how I was starting to like collapse in and put pointed towards me because I knew I couldn't blame anyone else. I, I knew instinctively I couldn't blame my husband for it. But I was pissed uh -huh. and I was never a person to, to show my anger. Like you never see me get angry. Never. I'm so bad. Oh, I'm so poised. I'm so balanced. I'm Absolutely. so like grounded. But 
I'm, I'm glad the universe brought us together because he, he came one day and this is like a couple of years into my health journey and like feeling better. And, and he sat down with me and he's like, I'm reading this book, you know, and he says that everyone has something that they're angry about, but they don't, don't express it. I'm like, Oh really? That's interesting. He's like, so what are you angry about? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm not angry. Look, we have this great life. Everything's great. He's like, come on, give it to me. I won't judge. Just give it to me. I'm like, well, I was really honest. I'm, you know, I'm angry that we left California. He's like, well, you don't look angry. And I sat there and I was like, I don't think I know how to look angry. Mm -hmm. And I think that really started the journey for us because he wasn't judging it and he knew it already. I think part of him knew it. But I think if we hadn't had that conversation, which led to many other conversations, I don't think it would have gone well. I don't think it would have gone 20 years. <laughs> I say that. Yeah. Um, but I, I learned then, and I had gone on this journey, and like I worked with, you know, coaches and shamans and therapists and whoever is, so I'm like, and they're always like, oh, wow, your body's so angry. You're holding this anger. And like, but how do I express my anger? <laughs> and like, you just say, I'm angry. I remember that was one guy told me that. I'm like, oh, you just say, I'm angry. Like it's what we teach our children, right? When you're angry, say you're angry. If you're sad, say you're sad. You can cry, you can whatever. Um, so that was really the start of a, like an, a deeper layer of the inner work that I was doing that I teach. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so obsessed with teaching women to move their body in whatever way feels good because that's where our emotions live and how can you feel it if, if you don't like, just feel it, right? <laughs> um, so if you're ever on retreat with me, you know, in the morning, we move our bodies, we shake it out, we stomp it out, we scream it out, we cry it out. And I've been teaching this practice for a long time. And over the years, that's what I get most like transformative feedback about. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I had to, I had so much in me that I didn't let out. So I think, you know, for me, I'd really learned that claiming that inner truth and that inner authority and learning to live on your own terms. It all sounds great when someone's talking about it online and writing about it, but you have to understand, like we have to get really, really honest with ourselves because self-betrayal for women in tiny little ways of not returning that coffee because it was the wrong order mm -hmm. to allowing someone to make an assumption about you and not speaking up for yourself or speaking up for somebody else in the room or you, we all have those moments where someone says something and we're like, that's not going to go well. <laughs> but if you just oh, take a deep breath and say, you know, what you just said didn't really land well with me or learn how to do that. Like saying no with grace or yes. being able to be okay. Like we're not responsible for the other person's emotion. Um, there's so much here. Like I can talk about this for a long, long time, but I think this, these false agreements that we have as women lead to self-betrayal, lead to being dishonest with ourselves, lead to so much tension and conflict in relationships that can be healed and can be brought to the surface. And even still, there's always those people in your life or your teachers. And for me, it's like my mom and my sister and where I still have those moments of like not quite seeing what I want to say because, oh, they're not going to understand. Or, Certainly. And those are the ones that I've had the biggest and really the the only like poof, volcanic explosions where <laughs> and the first time it happened to me it's happened maybe twice with my sister the first time it happened it was like um funny and relieving a little bit and confusing and sad because it was painful for her to receive it but once we really sat down and talked about it I understood and like I think I've been holding back for 
a lifetime. I think there's a lifetime of things that I haven't said to you Mm -hmm. because I want to be nice or I want to be loving or understanding or because I think you don't get it because you're not woke enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like all the reasons we, we say that. And, and whether she got it or not, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Like it was my responsibility to speak up so I don't blow up. Mm-hmm. And I've done it now twice with her and it felt terrible, but it was almost like we become these different people with others because we're still living by their expectations Absolutely. and it's not their fault. I it's agree. Fault. I agree. And I'm going to say something to that point, Elena, because, you know, there's so much, so many like parallelisms and like the things you do with your clients and the things that my clients end up meeting like work with you know and those expectations like the premise of my work is just this idea of being able to let go of others release the expectations for those of you who just listen on audio who don't see me on video I'm just like, mm-hmm, 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 nodding yes because there's I can relate to a good bit of what you're saying and even the part about anger like even for me like you would you would not find any one person online who could say that they have seen me like angry ever like not, not even my friends like I am the one who people like she's so mild mannered and except for my husband now he's like <laughs> him or like my mother like people in like my family circle will probably have a different experience but it's because to me similar to you I didn't know how to be angry. I didn't understand whatever, because whenever I saw it, it was always very aggressive. Um, whenever I saw displays of anger, it was always in a way that felt very harmful, right? And so I'm like, oh, well, I'm not angry. I don't want to get angry because I don't want to be like that, you know? And even like, I remember when like Trump first got elected, like it's been decades, but in the beginning, I remember everybody was like so in a rage. I hopped on Facebook and I like posted a video. I was like, well, you know, just because we're not angry doesn't mean that, you know, we don't, you know, and it's like, but I was angry. I didn't realize I was angry. I didn't, because my anger didn't look like what I always saw from others, you know? And so I silenced a lot of my own self. I kept myself at bay, right? Didn't allow myself to really unleash what, how I truly felt about things because I didn't want it to be explosive. I've never been an explosive person, you know, ever. I've always pretty much like, eh, I'm even now I'm like, I'm easy, I'm laid back, I'm very, you know, all of the things, you know, that's like <laughs> I really with the flow, you know, and all of that. And it's like I was talking with my husband actually prior to this this call. Um, and we were talking about and he had asked me because I actually kind of like blew up on on him and he is like whoa like where did what's what's going on and it caught and I was like I did not and if I did you took it a certain way because I don't do like this whole thing and then I was like you know what I probably did he was like why are you yelling because nobody ever accuses me of yelling ever because I don't yell and I'm like I was just talking loudly and if you can't understand that you know, and it's like all of these things. And so I was talking about how I betrayed myself. So I yes. thought it was really, I mean, a lot of synchronicity that you mentioned that. And I wrote that down because I mentioned that just before our call. I was like, I'm reflecting now on some places where I thought I would be a little bit different or doing something or shifting. And I didn't, or when I spent most of my adulthood prioritizing everyone else's needs and 
myself getting, getting, getting scraps out of what was left. And I was okay with that because that's what you do. That's what good girls do. That's what being nice is about. Right. And I'm like looking around with some things and I'm like, gosh, and I realized that I am now feeling the effects of like, feeling like I betrayed myself and prioritized others above even what I needed for myself because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. You know what I mean, right? And like moving through a lot of that. So there's a lot of like synchronicity with what you're saying. And I think a lot of women will be able to relate to that. Like, cause I, I silenced myself. I mean, a significant part of my life because I was the good girl, right? She doesn't get angry. She doesn't ever say anything. She doesn't raise, she's very mommy. And that's just who I was, right? But, and I would put, like you said, with the coffee, right? I would, oh, it's okay. You know, that's, I'll take it. I don't want to be, you know, wait, you know, in so much. And it's like looking at who I am now and just the security I have with myself. I'm like, there's a range of emotions and I'm allowed to feel every single one of them, right? I honor that. I acknowledge, I've always made room for everyone else to do that. I even, I'm like, you can feel however you want to feel. But it was never permissible to myself for me to show that, you know, you had to be a certain way. And I needed to be the calm one because, you know, the one who settles everything and brings everyone back around, you know, and all of that. Um, but it's interesting that you talk about that because a lot of it is undoing the expectations. And I tell my clients that all the time. We need to release the expectations. Are you actually living the life that you want to live or are you just on the path that you just have been on you know what i mean right are you, you know what i mean like have you actually stopped and checked in with yourself to see is this actually going where you actually want to go you know and things like that and even with moving it was so many things that came up but it was just like today and we were talking about that and i'm like yeah i'm like i realized like i didn't have the i don't have anger for it but my anger wasn't reflecting on how I felt then and not realizing that I was not giving myself room and space to actually feel that way and be okay back then, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I, I told, I, I said, I was a coward. I was like, I didn't yeah. have the courage yeah. to say no. Yes. I, I thought totally right. saying no meant yeah. that, I, oh, I wasn't proud. I didn't love you. I didn't this. And it, it was all these things. I didn't have the courage to say no. And now yeah. I say no so often, you know, people don't know what to do about it. You know, it's like, oh, she's a bitch. And it's like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, but I, I have clear boundaries for myself. But just saying that a lot of the women I know who will be listening to this yeah. will find resonance so yeah. much with what you, you know, are saying there. Yeah, there's so much I want to say. And I relate to everything you're saying and, and there's I think there's so much to unravel from how we're taught to be nice and how I don't know I love watching little kids you know get angry and get like I just yes. love it and I love it now because I can see they're mm -hmm. still open they're still free and they're still themselves and once they go to school and get like in these little boxes and sit at the table and cross your hands and yeah you know brush your hair can't be wild and um, it starts to die off a little bit, you know, and then we start to find it again. And I think we learn also, this is a, kind of a nuanced idea that I, I still play with a little bit is I think part of being that nice girl is also manipulative too to people. I think we learn how to get what we want indirectly. Yeah. We learn how to make people feel good. We learn how to, um, 
play people, but not really because we want to play them, but because we've learned that's how we have to. We have to charm them into it. The charisma. And I was just reading this history on um, seductivity and seduction and how like Cleopatra, you know, she learned how to seduce. Yeah. yeah. That's how she let it's empowering, right? But yeah. you can do it honestly by just being so much you that mm-hmm. you become seductive you don't have to manipulate your way into it but if you look at it and i I almost like can't watch a movie now without you know critiquing it because and i get so angry at watching these stupid movies (laughs) like i'm like i just can't when the woman and the man are playing these stupid roles Mm -hmm. of like he's so stupid and domineering and she's like oh my god and like get her freaking voice and speak Mm -hmm. up you know like I think these are the movies that we all watch and we learn these roles we have to play and I'm like sitting like why doesn't he just say what he needs Mm -hmm. why doesn't she just ask for what she wants I'm like I can't let go right I can't let go like a movie has to be really good in order for me to just be able to let go that that critique because now I can see it so clearly how we're Mm -hmm. all taught to play a certain role yeah And, you know, and I think we, being angry, I think what you said was so important was the only examples we see of getting angry seem really violent and seem Mm -hmm. really harsh and feel Mm -hmm. very scary for us, especially if we have, you know, family who got angry and we were little, we see it and we just want to like go to, go to bed and like put our blankets over. Cause if our parents were fighting from a place of unawareness and blame and all that stuff and they didn't come talk to us afterwards and say we're okay this is normal like parents fight right who says that to their kids they just do it and move on and we're like oh my god they're gonna die like they're gonna kill each other and you know that's what we're feeling in our little minds you know um so if we actually even spend some time with um anger what does anger look like? And one of the things we did in that six month sort of transformative program that I did, one day she had us dance emotions and she would put on these different songs and the love was fun and the happiness was easy and the joy, she got to sadness and we all were even okay with sadness because women know how to cry, right? We know how to cry. (laughs) But the anger, oh my, like, I I was, there was 22 of us in in the room. And I remember looking at some of the women who seemed a lot more free and they were just like stomping and like, and I'm like, I kind of don't know what to do. Like I actually didn't need, I was copying a little bit. I'm like, maybe I should stop. Maybe I should, I didn't, I didn't know the edge of my own anger. I didn't know what it looked like. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I hear the song and I can hear the anger and I can recognize it but I never saw a positive example of it. So mm-hmm. I was like watching the other women and getting like validated, like, okay, I can see how we can do this. I can see what putting on a song and I, and part of what I teach now with my magic morning practice, which is a gift that I'll, you know, anyone can have if they want it. Oh, awesome. I created these uh, custom mood playlists because there's one of the playlists is called stomp <laughs> because I want you to be able to with yourself close the door if you need to close the blinds. No one's like, really, no one's looking like really no one's looking, (laughs) you know, you don't have to post it on Instagram Uh Um, and just let the music like, like let it just move you and get like punch a pillow, do what you need to do. And and here's a cool thing about anger. I didn't know we're going to go here, but I love that we're doing this. The really amazing thing about anger for women is that you don't even have to know why you're angry. 
I think that stops us from being angry too. Like there's nothing that makes me angry. Like, of course we can turn on the news in two seconds and get angry, but then what? Are you gonna express it? Are you gonna let it sit in your body and like turn it into poison? Or are you gonna let it move through you and change you and activate you so that you can say, I'm angry, I can express it, I can release it. And I've been at retreats where we've done this sort of like anger experience and it's fascinating to watch because as soon as someone gets really angry physically, right underneath it is sadness. Mm-hmm. It's a deep, deep, yep. deep sadness, but underneath that is joy. Mm-hmm. Like there's an exercise that we go through and they're like, if you can get angry, not everyone could, but if you could get angry enough to like curse and hit you know, something safe, not each other. Mm-hmm. It automatically turns to tears, sobbing tears. And yeah. then it's like, and, and then comes this joy. And then it, anger could come again. And then sadness can come again. When that happens to someone, what they look like is like they're four years old and they're fresh. And they're like, oh my God, I was holding all of that. Yeah. And it's not easy to get to. And we spend like a whole, you know, lots of their shame and their sadness and there's lots of other stuff that goes in it. But to watch a woman get angry and yeah. let it pass is so beautiful. It's wow. really powerful. Let me ask you this, Elena. What is one of your earliest memories of being or feeling silence in your life? As an adult, the self-silencing that I said about like silencing myself and not mm-hmm. speaking up that I didn't want to move. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That was, and I, and I sort of internalized it, right. That, that was a huge example for me. Um, as a little girl, as a teenager, I just remember this. I don't know if I can remember like one specific example okay, or where it came from, but I remember being about 15 or 16. And I remember having my boyfriend at the time ask me what was wrong. And my response for the longest time was nothing. And in the inside, I was um, boiling, like mm-hmm. boiling. And like, I really, of course it was something. Everyone knows it's not nothing. But yeah. I, you know, I, I think about this a lot because I teach this. I don't know if it was anyone saying like, you can't be angry or you can't have an opinion or anything like that. This is like my first relationship. And I, I was, I think I was acting out what I thought I was supposed to do, be agreeable, go with the flow, be understanding and not, not push back. Mm-hmm. Right. But I remember later, this like a long relationship, five years. And he, at the end, he's like, God, you can just always get angry with me. Why is that? But it wasn't even really angry. I was like, I couldn't even express it really. So I would end up crying and hanging up the phone. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to articulate my anger. So it just came out as tears and hanging up. And I thought that's it. The relationship's over. (laughs) Right. And he would call me. He's like, what the hell was that? Like, I just, I didn't know how to articulate it. And that relationship ended and, you know, way in the past, but with my, you know, current husband, current only husband, (laughs) my husband, (laughs) I remember early on, it felt like it felt different. It felt like I had learned some lessons and I remember starting to feel that essence of being honest. It took me years, like a decade to really understand that I was still doing it, yeah. that I was still being the understanding, agreeable woman, mother, wife, mm-hmm. and not being like, can I curse here? Yes. Just saying like, fuck that. 
like, no, no is my answer. And I don't have to tell you why, like, you know, like getting that energy. It, and I think once you start making those changes, maybe that you do go a little bit overboard and get like a little more roar, you know, um, and I, I think that's okay too. Yeah. So again, I don't think there was any one specific example, but I can feel when it changed. I could feel yeah. when the messages started being no longer acceptable. Yes. So for you, so starting kind of with like that moment of being 16 or 17, from there, did you kind of start to feel it happening more like in your adult life where you noticed that you were being silenced um, in some way, even if it was yourself? Did that kind of happen more in your 20s, more in your 30s? Or has it just kind of been something that's been like what's taking place in your life? I think it really started happening in my 30s when I became a mom and I started phys- actually experiencing the physical symptoms of holding it all in. Yes you know, I've been leading this women's group for six years now, and there's four reasons that women come into this state place. And the acronym is HOME. They come home to themselves. So the number one reason is health. Something happens to their body, and they just realize the connection because your mind and body are one, right? It's all connected. And then you put in your soul in there, right? And your soul is constantly talking to you. And if you're constantly that intuitive part of you. And if you're constantly denying it and pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down, it's like trying to hold down a beach ball underwater. You know, Mm -hmm. it's going to come up. It's either going to come up in explosions in your relationship. It's going to come up in resentment. It's going to come up in um, self-loathing. It's going to come up in uh, divorce. It's like, I've seen it over and over again, unless you can really take ownership of it. It's not easy and it's not a one-step deal. So home is health overwhelm, motherhood, entrepreneurship. But the number one reason that I ask women, why are you coming to the circle? What's, you know, what's the cause? It's always the the most important piece is like they've hit a wall, usually physically with their health and they're overwhelmed and they don't know where to go. Um, Or they understand they have a responsibility to be a mother now or or build a business now and make money. And, And it feels very overwhelming because now for the first time, sometimes, they're having to admit to themselves that they have been self-betraying in the little ways. So I think if you're listening to this conversation and there's pieces of it that you're like, Oh God, that's me. (laughs) Like I can relate. You're not alone. And I've talked with many, many, many women over 20 years. We're not alone in this. Just like you can relate to what I'm saying and I can relate to what you're saying. I'm telling you, this is a condition of being, you know, in this society, being conditioned to, to not trust yourself, being conditioned to give away power. We were talking about money before the call started. This isn't, yes. we haven't even gotten into that yet, okay. right? Give, giving yourself permission to spend money and, and know about money and take responsibility mm-hmm. over it. That's one of the ways we give away our power is by saying, I'm not good with money. No one's born good with anything. Like you have to learn, right? Take responsibility and learn, which I'm finally doing in really good ways. Yeah. Um, so I, I think good if you can segue into that after you finish yeah. this, because I actually yeah. was going to bring that up because oh, I'm good. Good. that we get to hear about that. Yeah, I guess I want to just leave that part off with, I feel you saying like, okay, this is all great. You've been there. You've done it. Like, what if it's scary for me to admit it? What if I feel like there might be repercussions for speaking up? What if my family can't handle it? What if I don't have a loving, supportive, wise husband or partner or wife or whatever, or family who just doesn't get it? And if I do say it, it's going to cause massive disruption. 
And I would say like, look, the goal here is not to transform anybody else. But what you can do is just start that inner journey of being honest with yourself first. And that doesn't mean you have to uproot your whole life. It doesn't mean you have to move or it doesn't mean you have to get divorced. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that you sit down with yourself and you write down, what does my soul need? What does my body need? Mm-hmm. What do I need right now? What, have, what haven't I given myself that I need? Mm-hmm. Because once you do that, you know, and we can go into quantum physics and reality and subconscious and all that stuff. And, but at the basics, when you start to change how you see things, they actually do start opening up. Like if you have a story about someone in your life based on past relationships, if you start to rewrite those stories, that person might start looking different to you and start feeling different to you. Like I'm still married to the same person I was 20 years ago, but we're much more honest with each other right now. Mm-hmm. We're much more open with each other right now. And I could have gone that way of like going internal and not really admitting how I feel and deciding like whatever, you know, that, that attitude. Um, and it wouldn't have ended well because I, I was already not feeling good in my body and feeling, you know, ill. Um, and that's not for everyone that everyone's going to feel it in their bodies, but I can talk about this for a long time, but I just want, I guess I want to give you a big hug and say like, don't feel like I'm, I'm making this so clean and tidy in a 20, 30, 40 minute conversation. Mm-hmm. This is like decades of inner work that I still do. I yep. still have to remind myself to speak up for myself. Um, and I'm really good at it now in a lot of ways, but I still have those people in my life that remind me, oh, you're not done yet. Like you yep. to do the work. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so I, when I tell you, I can relate. And like a lot of people, women who end up being clients, or even if they don't, and just like prospects or community members who come in, like they feel like they aren't really by themselves. And like, you're not, I'll tell them all the time, you can look at me now and, and this and that, but this has been a journey. And you know, the years and years and years and years of work and like you having a business before online business was popular, you know what I mean? And learning to navigate all of that, like it's been years of work of the whole telling my story and learning that for me, that was the biggest thing and getting comfort with that. So before we got on, you were talking about money or some experience you were having with that. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, I've always made money. I've always been someone who like saves. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a couple of rounds of like debt in my life that I've gotten myself into business wise Mm -hmm. uh, or school wise. And I've been able to pay those off. Thank goodness. But I think part of the reason that I was in that loop was because I was sharing this with a woman who's helping me now. She's a money coach. And I was like, oh, so you can actually plan and budget and decide what you want to do before you do it instead of looking back and then categorizing what you did and having some guilt over the things that you weren't conscious about. And I still like, I have a list of courses that I've gotten over the past year that I haven't really done even the little ones. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I am not allowed to buy anything new until I do these. Um, because I think we all get caught and I love to learn. I love to grow so we can get caught up in it. But I think the one lie that I told myself and I see a lot of women telling themselves is that they just aren't good with money. Um, And I wrote this post recently saying like, okay, so maybe you're good with money. Maybe you can figure out how to, you know, pay your expenses and do all the things and have a bank account and all those. But have you just like completely disassociated yourself with the potential for something bigger? 
like building wealth yes. for your family, mm-hmm. you, not your partner, mm-hmm. not an inheritance, not winning the lotto, like you create something that builds wealth, right? And so it, it's like, I think part of me was scared to admit that that's what I wanted. It was too much. I don't need it. This is not like, I just don't need that. I don't know how to do it. It's for other people. My family doesn't like do that. Like this idea, right? And it's not, it was subtle in the back of my mind somewhere. And as I sat like looking at my stuff with this person, I'm like, oh, she's seeing all my money stuff. Like, oh my God, it feels like I'm naked. I could hear the subconscious lies that I told myself over the years, you know, um, like debt just kind of became part of my identity and paying off the debt came, became part of my identity, but then having it again became part of my, I just can't get out of the circle. It's just how it is. And like wanting what I want, and yeah. even if it's not practical, yeah. But I'm very aesthetic. Like I love beauty around me. Like I have to think about to get myself a new comforter for my bed. It takes me like weeks to justify mm-hmm. looking for the right one, right? <laughs> I mean, I still do that. Like I am actually looking for a comforter for my bed, and I'm like, oh, it's like two, three, four hundred dollars. It's like, do I need it? Why don't I just use the old one? And like, I still do that, right? Instead of just saying like, stop wasting energy, like weeks worth of energy on justifying it for yourself. Get what you want. You love to sleep. Sleep is beautiful. You walk in there and make you happy every time you go in there for the next five years, like get the one you really want. And then my husband's like, well, just get the one you really want. I just needed permission to get the one I really wanted. Right. So, and I still do that because I do love budget conscious and I love to save and I love to get a good deal. But I think all of that was because somewhere along the way, I thought that wealth, that level was for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like I could get anxiety over a thousand dollar bag. Like, Oh my God, like that's crazy. You know? And uh, my sister is like, has zero problem spending on herself. She's yeah. and I asked her, I'm like, what are you thinking when you buy that? <laughs> like, what is in your mind? Because I'm trying to figure out like what what thoughts am I thinking? What is she thinking? Like, yeah. do I have to be that? Do I have to become that person in order to yeah. like, it's so complicated, but it's actually it's I think it's because oh, I just have had this lack of personal vision around money. And I've been a business owner for a long time. So it's hard to see that, you know, when I have success and I do make money and I do have my own business accounts and I do have the taxes and all that stuff done and responsible. But I think what I wrote last night, I think I even wrote it in a note here on my, on my thing. I I wrote like, what else is possible? Yeah. Right. Like that is it. Like what else is possible? Just give that give yourself a chance to explore. I'd love to hear yours. Like, do you have money stuff around that too? Well, so I'm a little bit of the opposite. And not opposite, but there are some dissimilarities, right? Okay. So for example, as a kid, I always knew I would have wealth. I didn't come from wealth. I was a little girl who was like, I'm going to be wealthy. Yes. I want, when I first heard of what legacy, when I was a kid, I knew I wanted legacy and I knew I wanted wealth. That has been one of the consistent things in my life. And yet my silencing of that came from my family who would start to feel like, well, you, you know, don't think that you're better than other people. Mm. And so I, cause I had no problem. Like, you know, if I want to go first class, or if I want to buy that $2,000 thing, this and this, like to me, 
I would justify reasons why I needed to do it, right? You know, well, no, because then I'll sleep better. And if I sleep better, then I'll be more, you know, like I could convince myself, you know, quite easily, you know, of that thing. I've always felt very drawn to, I want wealth that was important to me, but I stopped believing it for a while because I thought it made me no longer a nice, kind person. Like, I'm like, oh, well, if I have that, then my family's going to think that I think that I'm better than them. And so even though there was never any, you know, evidence, oh, they thought that whether I had it or not, to be honest with you, you know, it's been an ongoing thing. But I've always been very like, I know I'm going to be wealthy. I was a kid. I was like, I'm going to have a private jet one day. Like, that, <laughs> I mean, that is always felt very comfortable, like for me, but the journey has not been without its issues. Like I got silent about that where that was never a problem for me growing up when I became of age I started to kind of silence and question like well because people and even now I go back and forth and I have these dialogues online with people who I love and I'm like okay I'm going to come in and share a different perspective because there's this mentality that if your billionaires are filthy are evil maniacal people who I'm like but there's also a subset of them who give I mean exponentially they're caring, they're how we have to kind of like shift and realize that we need more wealth in the hands of more of us, you know? Totally. And so all of that, I'm like, well, one day I'm going to be a billionaire. That's my, you know, if I don't make it, I'm perfectly okay with that. But for me, it's a state of being because it makes me feel like the opportunities are limitless, right? It yes. feels like that I have options and okay. options make you feel abundant, even if it's not financial options. You know, having the option to choose to lay in for another hour can give you a feeling of abundance, right? You know, there's so many ways. And for me, it was just that feeling of wanting to know that I had options and that I have options. And to me, that just puts you in a state of like on a wealth trajectory, I feel. But I had a lot of grappling with that because the people who I was around the most were extremely different. Like they don't have a concept in that way. Like we were talking the other day before before we wrap up and my grandfather made a statement. Um, He was like, there was something about winning $200,000 or something, right? And, or maybe it was $100,000. And he was like, oh my gosh, I would be able to have like a whole private airplane if I had $100,000. And I was like, do you know, I wish I could get, you know what I mean? Like, but the concept of those things cost like exponentially more but they haven't allowed themselves to dream that dream of feeling that it's possible for them. Like when I grew up, I was told that only that happens to white people, you know? And so I'm like, but why can't I, like, why can't I have that also, you know? But it was a journey of silencing, being silent. Like I felt like I had to choose between my family's love or having the things that I wanted. You know, and that was kind of a part of that, you know, journey and that trajectory there. You know, I love what you just said, because I think that's so important to understand. Everything that we're saying about women right now applies to all of our social beliefs, right? Like I remember Friday night sitting in front of the TV watching lifestyles of the rich and famous. Mm -hmm. And and I look at it now and I'm like, interesting, the rich and famous means Mm -hmm. that it's a section of people who, yes, were I'm pretty sure they were mostly white, mostly. Yes, they were. Whatever. Yeah, I remember like I watched eating <laughs> champagne wishes and caviar dreams, oh, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think even 
putting it on TV and calling it the rich and famous, lifestyles of the rich and famous, not lifestyles that you can hope for. Yeah. Lifestyles of the automatically separated you from yeah. it. And yeah. me as well. And I probably where the seeds were planted, right? These are not things you can have. These are yeah. things that have been passed down from generation to generation. I wasn't born here and I was born in Russia and I came when I was like six years old. And so like, I was just at that time where I was watching all these things, you know, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like if you're born of this, particular wealth generation and you have it in your family then you have mm -hmm. this mansion you have a yacht and you have these so it was like for them and I can only imagine where if it was even someone who wasn't my skin color who wasn't mm -hmm. so, so different from me yeah that it was even more of a message like you can look at it but you can't have it yeah absolutely. and so I think we are obligated to talk about it now we're obligated to recognize it now and and that's why like I literally can't watch current TV and movies because yeah. like, no, like mm -hmm. this message is not okay. Yep. So we need to see different. We need to see yep. other examples. We need to have these yep. conversations mm -hmm. of, of the self betrayal. Be yep. And when I say self betrayal, I don't want it to come off from a place of punishment or punitive. Mm -hmm. I just want it to be recognized that we are taught to yep. betray ourselves, not because we're bad, not because we're wrong, not because we don't deserve it, because somewhere along the way we got the message that somehow we're less than and we're not mm -hmm. worthy of it not worthy yeah that's it like, please know you are worthy mm -hmm. like whatever your story is whatever it is you're so worthy you are worthy and you're worthy of having options like whether you're financially where you want to be like elena's working with her money coach and seeing the expansiveness even more so there, like just knowing that wherever you can find options in your life helps subconsciously to put you on that trajectory of aligning with what you actually want, not what your husband wants for you, but what you actually want. And sometimes we have to check in and say, am I actually still working towards what I want? Am I just on this path, you know? And so I think options is such a key to that choosing because options feel luxurious. Yes, what I can yes. lay down for another 45 <laughs> minutes, I don't have to. It's like the things that can be so simple as that, you know, yes. or, oh, wow, hmm, do I want the sexy dress today or, you know, the more classy, whatever that is, like just having options if you really tap into that energy I have found it just, it just, I don't know, it just does something to you, I think on a cellular level, you know. Totally. I just like, just two quick takeaways before yeah. know, we, we can talk on it. Yeah, I, I, I think the first thing with all of this that we've talked about, money, self-worth, your life, what you want is give yourself the time and space to actually sit down with yourself and define wealth and worth mm -hmm. and options for yourself. Right. Cause I hear you saying it and like, I never thought about it. Like, Oh, I never thought about options as like getting to sleep in a little more. I never thought about that kind of option. Right. We have to define it for ourselves. Yes. And after you define it, this is where it can be really fun is look for examples of women and men and everything in between, you know, look for beautiful people who you resonate with. Like, you know, if you're going to curate your Instagram feed or who you follow or what you read, make it someone who is aligned with that energy of what you're looking for. Find someone who defies your old story yep. and shows you what's possible. Mm -hmm. If seeing someone that is like, makes you feel bad about yourself, 
unfollow them. Like it's okay. Yeah. You can be the nice girl. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but make sure you're looking at examples, just like we've been programmed. We can reprogram ourselves. Absolutely. And actually we, we must reprogram ourselves. We must, because the, the way that we were programmed simply does not lend itself to us really becoming amplified in whatever it is that we choose to do in our lives. You know, it does not lend to that really at all. You like, if you think you're going to fail, you will find evidence of that. You're going to fail. People who fail before you know it, your news feed is flooded with people who failed at something, right? Yes. Or like for me, it was like, you know, this idea of, okay, I don't care about being nice, but I care about being kind, right? And I think a lot of us are there, but it's for me, it's like, okay, let me find people who I feel are very kind and have boundaries. They still showcase themselves. They still are growing. They're abundant. Like their kindness has not stopped the success that they're aiming for or the things that they want. So I find that and I tend to like, I check in on them often, right? Just to kind of like rejuvenate. So just like Elena said, look for examples of whatever that is for you. Um, that continues to just show what is possible, you know, for you. And Elena and I clearly can talk for however long. Yes. We're around here. <laughs> so, so Elena, where can our listeners follow you and learn more about you? I am updating my website, but you can still find me at elenalipson.com and get all the relevant content. But I think where I have all the most current stuff is on Instagram. It's Elena underscore Lipson. It has some free gifts with the one that I'm offering today with the magic morning habit. It has some morning blessings. It has meditations. My podcast is on there as well. The meditations and musings podcast, which I just hit the three year anniversary of my podcast. Congratulations. just makes me so grateful to get to do that and like I'm like yes you can be consistent it's so good yeah (laughs) um so yeah you can find all that and please message me I love to connect with people I love to chat I don't have like some gatekeeper who answers all my stuff for me I love to keep things intimate and real and connected so please you know if you have a question or need a resource I am here and available yeah and just so everyone knows, if you go to keishashields.com slash podcast or click in the episode show notes, you'll see all of Elena's links and where you can locate her, where you can find out more about her work, where you can partake in her work if you desire. And before I go, I wanted to say something, Elena, that yeah. came up to me while you were talking. You may not remember this or you might. I think it was six years ago. I did this five-day couture care play shop. And you were one of my presenters in there. It was on Facebook. It was a five-day challenge. And it was about how to have couture self-care. Oh, my god! And you did something on that. And I totally forgot until you were talking. And I'm like, I know we have woven into things. But I'm, t- and I'm, I'm going I'm to, like, it's on my mind now. I'm going to yeah. like, find like something from back then. But you were one of the presenters and you were doing like self-care and like everybody had like a day where they would go in and people were asking you. I'm like, Elena, we have woven yes. around each other. Yes. And that's so crazy. <laughs> that's so funny. When you were talking, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I think it was in 2014. I believe it was like in the fall or something. Yeah, um, I started the self-care work in 2013. And I just, as you said, it I totally brings back that memory 
but yes. So I knew, yeah. like, I knew I'm like, there's no way we could have yeah. no, I mean, each other. But we had never actually, I think one to one kind of like, you know, interacted, yeah. but I'm like, yes. that's crazy. So I just want to, okay. yeah. thank you so much. This was really awesome. And, you know, I think it, it speaks for itself. Thank you for showing up, Elena. I hope that you all really can see a lot of your experiences in what Elena has shared. Because again, I'm just nodding. Yeah, I didn't have to say much, you know. <laughs> I'm like, uh huh, keep going. Yeah, keep going. you know. And so that's the important thing. But I hope that you all are well. If you're listening on the podcast, you can hop over to the website to get the YouTube video so that you can see us vibing there and see Elena's beautiful face. And um, we will see you all in the next episode. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. To watch the video episode with today's co-host, visit KeishaShields.com slash podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified of our next episode because you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields. If you are an executive or highly driven leader ready to amplify your wealth, legacy, and your voice on your terms and overcome the impact of feeling silenced, visit KeishaShields.com slash hire to work with me one-to-one or to find more information on how to bring me into your company or organization to help support your women leaders.